Daniel, I'm ready when you are, mate. Take yes, mate. Yes. <laughs> so this man probably needs no introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. His mission on this planet is to make the world healthier, happier, and fitter. And look, if that's not something we can admire and respect, I don't know what is. Trinity Entrepreneurial Society, could you give a big welcome to Joe Wicks? Thank you. So Joe, look, speaking for myself personally and not representing the society, I'm just humbled, honored, excited, and a little bit in disbelief that we're having this conversation. But um, thank you so much for joining us here. No, I've, got, I've, got a, I've got a quote. If you're going to miss the bus, miss it running, right? And because you reached out, you, you know, put it out there into the universe. I read it. I said to Mariana, I really want to do this, set it up. And here we are. So thanks for reaching out and for, you know, making it happen. Thank you, mate. And thank you for, thank you for having your contact information on, the web, uh, on your website and online for us all to see. But you know what? I was on a boat, a rowing boat on a lake in Killarney when I got a Gmail message saying Joe Wicks is interested. I was like, holy shit, but here we are. Um, Joe, we may as well start from the top. I think that's a healthy place for us to begin. Yeah. How did Joe Wicks become the body coach? How did it all start up? And how did you get to the point where you are now? Um, well, firstly, it's, a, it's been a 10-year overnight success, I always say. It's uh, what you might see today on social media with Instagram and, you know, the life I live and, you know, the followers and all the YouTube, you know, views. It, it's, a, it's a very, um, it's been a long journey and one that has been really driven by a, a real passion and a purpose for helping people. Um, and when I think back to my first ever kind of, you know, start out in fitness, which is really... I want to just be a personal trainer. You know, I want to work um, for myself. I want to train clients one-to-one. -one. I want to be busy in my little town in Surbiton and Richmond, and I want to have a boot camp. And I'd love to know that I can get a group of people in my local area um, exercising. And that was really my start. That was the start for me. I, I sat down on a piece of paper. I wrote then all these words, what, what I kind of imagined would be, you know, fitness and nutrition. And I came up with this word, the body coach, just kind of came to me. And um, that was like the start. You know, I had my little business cards with the body coach written on them. I had my website set up and... I never knew, I never really had plans on building a brand as such, but I just knew that if I had the passion and the energy, I could actually really help people. So started out, you know, typically uh, trying to get clients. It's hard when you first launch as a business, uh, launch your own business as a trainer. It's hard getting clients. It's hard, you know, networking and actually getting people to turn up to a bootcamp and pay you for your time. So it was quite an emotional and a rough time at the beginning because I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. You know, I was turning up to the bootcamp and I'd be there at 6 a.m. and, you know, I'd set it all up. And most of the time, nine times out of 10, nobody would come. But rather than let that dishearten me and give up and sort of go and work for a chain of gyms, I would turn up at the train stations, rush hour, handing out flyers, you know, rain or shine all year round to grow that boot camp. And it did. It grew up into, you know, it grew into a nice little business. And um, I loved it. I loved my boot camps. I loved one to one personal training. Um, but I, excuse me, but I always um, just burped tonight. But I always. <laughs> <laughs> But I always knew that um, it wasn't enough for me. Like, I wanted to reach more people. I wanted to connect you know, with people all around the world. So that's when I saw the shift on, on, on like a digital platform. I saw people on Twitter doing fitness plans and people sharing recipe videos on Instagram. And it really opened up my mind because I thought, imagine if I could share a video um, on YouTube or on Instagram and somebody could see it all, you know, anywhere in the world and then like, you know, be inspired to cook or to exercise. And I've, I've maintained that laser vision from the very start. And I always have this mindset like of just turning up, just keep going back, keep flying, you know, keep sharing videos, keep sharing recipes. It, no one's listening. No one's there right now. But 
if you keep throwing it up, putting it in the atmosphere and putting it in the universe, it will grow and it will build. And that really happened with Instagram. It happened with YouTube. Um, and obviously, if you, if you fast forward to today, I've had an amazing uh, publishing career with cookbooks. And then obviously, P, which I was my kind of highlight. It's my like true, um, my, my proud achievement and my true kind of real purpose coming to life, which was getting 100 million people through a pandemic, exercising, engaging with fitness and, and boosting their uh, physical and mental health. And I think there's been a big shift in my my narrative and my um my mission i suppose has changed a lot from being about body image to really being about mental health now about changing the way we feel so now i'm talking a lot about how exercise changes how we feel how we need to keep keep ourselves active to look after our physical and our mental health and so i think it's been a long journey and i think at the core of it if you follow me from the start you'll know that i really have stuck to that mission of just helping people and I haven't chased success. I haven't chased book deals. I haven't chased DVD deals or, you know, I haven't chased financial success. But I think when you help so many people, so many great things come, so many opportunities can happen. Um, and that's really where I am today, I think, 10 years on. And that's so amazing. And like you say 10 years is a long time. And I love that phrase, you know, I, I was an overnight success after a decade of work, but you've achieved so much in that 10 years at the same time. I know a decade is a long time, but for what you've achieved, it's inspiration to anybody that's in this room, myself included, to, to think what could be done in the next 10 years. I also love that your mindset and your philosophy and your goal hasn't changed, no matter how successful you've become, that laser vision, your words, you know, it's like what Simon Sinek says with the, you know, start with why. Don't let your why go fuzzy. And you haven't. You've been authentic and genuine all the way through, which I think is rare, but very cool. Thank you, mate. Yeah, I think it's when, when you're naturally driven by a, a real desire to help people, you know, and I obviously have a, I've got an amazing business, right? I've got this tech company essentially now, which is the app. Um, and I've got a, an amazing subscriber base. It's an amazing, healthy business. But what drives everything and what really fires me up is the free content. It's the YouTube channel. You know, I get... Million, I get up to 10 million views a month on my YouTube channel. So although I have this business at the core of things is actually sharing, I, I, my, my ethos is fitness for all and accessible to everybody, regardless of your age, you know, your financial status, where you live, your, you know, what equipment you've got. And that, that's kind of, when you, when you really believe that and you're fo you, you focus on that, then everything naturally grows. Everything flourishes because people are finding you in different ways. They're finding you from Instagram they're finding you for a blog or a newsletter or they're finding you on a, a random youtube video that they saw um through the youtube algorithm and stuff so it's like it's just an amazing thing to see that i went from being this really struggling trainer like you know like everyone it's hard and it's demotivating and you, and you want to give up but I, I i believed in my mission i've just i've just been true to that and, and now you know I've, i reach millions of people a month so um it is a case of self-belief i think more than anything because i could have given up so many times for sure. And a guy as qualified and as competent as you, like you would have got into any gym franchise or reverted back to your, like following like physical education or in schools, you'd be so well got, but to stay the course and to have that grit, grit and stick with itness, like, you know, that's what it's inspirational because that's what got you where you are. And you could have easily tapped out and got sick of flying in the rain and, you know, and credit to you. And again, it's, it looks so amazing right now, but nothing like that happens without the work that you've put in. And right. you know, then that's the inspiration. But like, social. No, you just media. said you know. You know, you just said stick with itness. You, did you say stick with itness? Yep. Because um, you know, you know, um, Coach Kavanaugh, John Kavanaugh, um, the UFC he coach, yep. he, he's got one called stick to itiveness, which is like, have you got the ability to stick to it? It stick to it when things get tough and you're getting smashed up or you're getting you know losing and you're getting defeats. Have you got stick to itiveness? And I think that is a key 
element of a, a good entrepreneur to just not give up and just to keep coming back and finding ways through and you know, never like thinking, oh, it's not working. There's no traction. Give up. It's like, no, finding find a solution, find a way around and get people's attention. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. And like all of us have skill sets that can be transferred into a corporate environment or an employed environment. But I think what separates the really successful entrepreneurs is the ones from the others is that you just put the head down and you keep going and you don't give up. And I think eventually, like with confidence and with um, that grit and determination, I think success is almost guaranteed if you follow your passion and just don't stop. Would you agree with that, Joe? I think so. Yeah, I think that's true. Like, I think it's about self-belief and truly believing in what you're doing and also believing that you have to add value, that you're going to create change or create something like a product or a service is going to really help people. And when you do something that helps people, it spreads. Like, you know, I always say this about content, you know, good content is always found or it's a book, a Netflix show, an Instagram post that is shared. So keep adding value, keep sharing good content, keep, you know, posting things that are valuable, that are going to help people. And then a great, then I think when you build community, then you have an amazing opportunity to really release products and businesses around that. Like I, I think with me, obviously I was one of the first really to get a big book deal, you know, a major book deal. And then obviously now people can go, well, if I get followers, I can get a book deal. So they're going in with it, probably even more, more sort of business focused narrative. But mm. if, you, if you strip that back and you just focus on the actual mission and the purpose of what you're trying to achieve, the, op- the business opportunities will come. So build community first, engage, you know, encourage, promote, um, you know, a two-way conversation. And then that person is already a fan of yours. They will love you and they'll support you. They'll, they'll be the ones pre-ordering your books, signing up to your subscription service or buying your product. So it takes years to nurture that relationship. Like it's not like someone doesn't follow me and then a week later they buy the app. Like they could follow me for two years. They've done PJ for two years, done all my free content. And suddenly one day they go, you know what? I'm going to give this guy's book a go. I want to support his new book or watch his documentary. So it's a long, it's a long journey sometimes with um with community that, that you've got to really believe and, and believe in a long have a longer horizon for it. I'm with you. And like you and I are, you know, are a similar age, Joe. And you and I would have grown up with a lot of social media platforms, you know, coming into their fore. And you know, everything that we've mentioned so far in terms of community, um, we've been re- referring to either directly or indirectly to social media. So, yeah. and you mentioned as well, when we we're starting the story as to how Joe Wicks became the body coach, you made reference again to social media. How important was that for you? Is that for you? How have you used social media? And like, how would things have been different if you didn't have social media? Social media completely changed the game, especially in the fitness space. Like, because before it was like, as a personal trainer, you would trade, you know, time for money. You'd have like, say, 20 clients a week and you'd be burning out or you'd have like a boot camp and you'd be, you know, getting a good hourly rate. But again, it's time for money and you, you can only have, a, there's a ceiling, isn't there? And you're going to, and it's a very physical, exhausting job. So I knew that I was going to burn out doing that every day. Um, and then when the digital space came on, you know, trainers were allowed to, were able to create like digital products, like a PDF with recipes and meal plans or YouTube videos. And, you know, people could monetize that in a way that allowed them to reach more people have a nicer lifestyle, not burn out and be able to actually really reach different territories as well, way beyond your neighborhood. Because as, as a good PT, like normally you're known in your local area, like, oh, Joe's the, Joe's the guy in Richmond, get in touch, he's your man. But now, like, you know, there's millions of people engaging with my content and that's all been because of social media. So I have to give everything, especially to Instagram, because Instagram allowed me to truly get my personality across on those videos. You know, the early Lean in 15 videos, it's 15 seconds. That's the only time you could post. So yeah, the short video, 
video. It's like catchy. It was catching attention. And that skyrocketed me. Like that Instagram account and Lean in 15 specifically changed my life because, you know, I then got the book deal. I then got to reach, you know, millions of people through that through a, through a household product in their homes. And, you know, I have, to, I, have to, I have to thank Instagram and Facebook and YouTube for that because without that, I never would have had the success. But in saying that, if I was to start today, the same energy, the same love, the same vibe, I would not have the success that I've had today. It's like I was there at the right time when things were just kicking off. You know, Instagram probably had 200 yeah, yeah. million followers, uh, subscribe users. You're now over a billion. So it's noisier. It's busier. Everyone's an influencer now. Everyone's promoting products. So it used to be like a certain amount of people would just be like promoting stuff and businesses. But now everyone's promoting products. So it's a saturated market. Everyone's yeah. trying to get your attention and promote things to you. And so it's, it's just harder. Like organic growth is way harder organic reach is like it's dying like month year on year it's yeah. getting harder and harder to promote products because the, obviously the business model is if you want your audience to see it give us a few grand a month and we'll boost your content and you can and put it in front of them so the business model has shifted and the algorithm changes and you've got to like really adapt to that so you should never rely on the income of one platform like instagram can change everything in a heartbeat and same with youtube like youtube ad, ad revenue is amazing one month then it drops it's, it's so inconsistent so I think having a presence on all of the platforms is so important. And also being yourself, I think there's this tendency now to like jump on the reels and jump on these engagement videos, you know, that gets like likes and comments, but is that really part of your mission? Is it really sharing what you want to share? Are you really actually helping people with your, with your content? So I think you can get drawn into that. You think, well, they're all doing the dancey TikToks and the memes. I'm going to do that. And mm. then you sort of go down that, you go down that, you chase engagement, but you lose sight of the actual goal, I think. So continue to be confident and be yourself, but also share really valuable, useful content on social media, because otherwise it just becomes another, um, you know, real that's engagement and it's, it's just not real, you know, it's not real people really. Yeah. And you can see through that eventually, like, you know, it's so obvious that you're authentic and genuinely yourself and have been from the start. And that's probably a testament to how successful you've been. But, you know, I think even if I wanted to be the next Joe Wicks and to be between yourself and myself, my father thinks I should be. He's like, why aren't you the PE teacher Ireland? It's like, I don't know, dad, let me finish my studies. But even if I wanted to be, I couldn't because I wouldn't be Daniel Toomey and people would eventually feel, see through it and my mask would drop. But you've done your own thing for a long time and you're smashing it, mate. And also, Joe, you say there you got to give all the credit to Instagram and social media and you wouldn't be the guy. I feel as though you would. I think you would have made it work yourself and you saw the opportunity. You know, you grew as the pro as those social media platforms grew. But like we were all there with the same opportunities, didn't do it. So you saw the opportunity. I'm sure you're the type of guy and I'm confident that you would see those opportunities in every room, in every situation. But you smashed it when you could on social media. And, you know, that's... Thank you, one of the things um, that that podcast, how I built that is one of my favorite podcasts, how I built that is all about entrepreneurs and success stories. And he says at the end, you know, how much of it is down to success, your hard work and determination and how much it's down to luck. And I always say it's a combination of the two, because if you're if you're born in the right era, the right device and tech and platform and you've got the ethic and the work rate and the kind of the real drive then then you've got an amazing opportunity but i think you can't have one without the other you've got to have a bit of luck but a lot of hard work and like you said i was throwing up videos when my my viewers you know i had probably like you know like anything i had a hundred followers and a thousand and no one was watching it no one was viewing it and then it's like there becomes there comes a tipping point that not a lot of people get to because they give up too soon whereas you've got to persevere through that and know that not every video is gonna be a smash not every channel is going to grow at the same rate. And it's like, it's learning to be okay with that and to kind of just keep pushing forward and believing in your, your message and, and that it's going to reach people eventually. It's going to land, it's going to stick and it's going to grow and it's going to flourish.
And speaking of growing and flourishing, um, tell us, and I know you are very proud of it and rightfully so, all that growing brought you to a position where you were the PE teacher of the nation and your YouTube platform grew to help so many children. And with my PE teacher cap on, I was like, respect. That was an amazing thing to do during the pandemic. So can you tell us a bit about that, Joe? Yeah, the PE with Joe. Um, so PE with Joe, it looks like this amazing thing. It was just like a, a moment I dreamed in, dreamed up and I launched it and that was it. But it, there was so much more to it. So I've been really on a mission to get kids active for the past sort of seven years. I was um, visiting schools. You know, I went to all over the UK, Scotland, Ireland, Northern Ireland. I visit schools. I do a little kind of fun workout. I get the kids excited. I have a little Q&A and chat with them. And I saw that I was able to connect with them and able to make them laugh and able to make them feel a little bit inspired. And I thought, what an amazing thing to do. And I, I wanted to scale that. You know, I was thinking, how can I do this in a bigger way? And so I started doing the odd like Facebook sort of schools fitness week and YouTube schools fitness week when I'd get like a thousand views, you know, maybe a thousand schools or a few less would do it. And I loved it. I was like, this is incredible. This is, I'm making a dent. I'm having an impact. Um, and then obviously the COVID pandemic kicked in and that was announced on the Thursday. And on that Monday, I was already literally on that Monday was planning and had a, had a whole UK tour planned with my brother, Nikki to go and visit more schools. And when I do the application, um, we had 32,000 entries, right? So hundreds of hundreds of parents and thousands of teachers obviously apply. And we had the route planned out and I thought, I really want to do something. And I was thinking, imagine all the families that are going to be locked in their house all the kids that need to be exercising need to be letting off some steam they couldn't do it and so it's like a massive moment i had this light bulb moment i text my brother nikki at midnight on the thursday i said <laughs> I, I said and i remember because i saved it on whatsapp i said nikki and i literally saw it all in my head i saw like a hashtag i saw like a logo i said nikki monday morning i'm gonna go live i'm gonna call it p with joe and i'm gonna go live and do a live workout on youtube and i'm gonna promote it this weekend and just see what happens well announced on the thursday Friday, you got the BBC, Channel 4, like every single media outlet ringing me up, zooming me, like saying, what are you doing out? What's going to happen? Wow. And then like, I, and then like every single school, you know, primary and secondary school, putting it on their newsletter saying, look, Joe is going to do PE, right? Joe's going to do a workout. And for, for thousands of thousands of parents, they never would have heard of me. They never would have known my name, but they knew or someone told them, you can trust this guy. You know, it's going to be live, but this has got this guy, this is, this is your guy. And I, and I think that's because, I'd built that trust, you know, with my community, with my audience, with thousands of schools, sorry, hundreds of schools that I visited. And um, I think they knew that I was going to deliver a fun, safe um, and, and polite session to young kids. And that was it. Right. So I announced it Monday morning. I turn up. I'm, I'm just about to go live. Nikki, my brother's in my my earpiece, in my AirPod. And he rang me and I'm like taking taking a call on that. So he goes, Joe, oh, no, this is big. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, we've got 200,000 live streamers. Wow. We've got 400,000. He's like, oh no, Joe, this is, this is big. I'm like, what? He's like 600,000, 700,000, 850,000 live streams, right? Wow. So I'm like, my heart starts pounding. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like this is more than, this is more people than I could ever imagine. Um, and that's obviously like individual live stream links, right? And I was like, right, I'm just going to jump out, do my thing. I was super nervous. I jumped out. I had a broken hand because I broke my hand. I crashed my motorbike on the week on the weekend. <laughs> of course you and did. I, I jumped onto onto that screen and like you know, my 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 mindset was about lifting people's mood. And I knew, I was feeling anxious, you know, uncertain. It was it was a fit, quite fearful kind of. We were an anxious about what was going on. Never knew how long it was going to go on for. I went live. Camera ended. I was like, wow, that was amazing. And the second day, obviously, there was even more. We we actually had a um, nine hundred and fifty. 
4,000 live streams, which is like a new record for a live hit workout. Joe, there are and, countries with populations less than that. That's incredible. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? This is amazing. And I just felt like my dream came true in a way. Like I didn't want it to be in a pandemic, right? Because I didn't want it to be that situation. But my vision and my, my whole dream was to engage young children in fitness. What better way than doing it during a pandemic when they had no choice but to just take part, even for one session, just give it a go. And I, and you know, it's like I manifested it. And I, I had a hundred million views over all that, all those, all those workouts. I did it for 18 weeks, then obviously into the second lockdown and the third lockdown. Um, and it was just an amazing time. Like I'll, I'll never do anything with more impact than that. Like that is my, that is my legacy. That's my career defining moment. And I, I want to continue working with children, but I still think that will always be the thing that people remember me for. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. And if that's your legacy, you know, very few of us will leave a mark like that. And it's just amazing, Joe. Amazing. And I'm sure you'll be remembered for lots of other positive reasons. But if that's it, well, mate, you just smashed it. Thank you, mate. Tell us about your app, Joe. So the Body Coach app. So like the, most of the audience here would be involved, interested uh, with entrepreneurship and involved with entrepreneurial society. So, yeah, you know, in the, in the times that we live in and with everything going online and the emphasis on having, um, a, you know, an online presence and as well as the touch and the, the impact of what we make face to face, we need to have a tech background and we need to have things online. Yeah. Tell us about your app and how did that come about? How did you develop it? Where did the idea come from it? And what are you using your app for at present? Okay, well, I'm, I'm super proud of where we are at the moment as a business because it's evolved so much. So in 2015, um, alongside all the, um, the kind of um, Instagram videos and, and the book deals, I, got, um, I had a PDF, like a really primitive kind of online fitness plan, if you like. So it's like a document you get emailed um, each month you got new recipes, new workouts, and they were sort of um, just written workouts, so really basic. I then improved that over the years to make um, more like a digital experience. So I included like image photos, nice imagery, um, YouTube links to full workouts that I did. Um, and that, that's been an incredible business, you know, a really, really amazing business um, over the past sort of six, seven years. Um, but then just before the pandemic, you know, we were like, we need to turn this into something. We need to make this digital. We need to innovate and we need to kind of, you know, have a digital transformation of the product. So we hired an amazing agency in, in the UK called Us2. Um, we got an amazing branding company called Poso, who like they redesigned the Airbnb logo, like amazing branding agency. So I, re I rebranded the body coach invested in that pretty pretty well and then i invested in the in the development of the the, the ios app, um, and android app with us too now it's amazing like the first year unbelievable amounts of people doing it you know we have a massive um an amazing retention rate as well so like after the one year obviously a lot of people do churn and they leave but the retention was above the industry standard that like over 51 percent of people retained which is an amazing thing because it means they love the product um and what do you put now, that down to, Joe? What, what would you, if you were to put your finger on it right now as to why you were getting that return customer and people were staying on, what, why, would, what, what, why do you think you're so successful in that regard? I think, I think it's just an amazing, like the design. I mean, it's rare that you get a, a, a you know, it's got 4.9 star or 4.8 stars in the app store based off of about 50,000 reviews or whatever. So it's an amazing, people are really, really enjoying the app. They're using it. They're engaging with it. They're obviously using the workouts. They're doing the recipes and every. Every month it unlocks a new um a new kind of plan so new recipes new workouts i also do live content so within the app i stream exclusive workouts live um okay. that's just a mechanism of like get through the month get new workouts progress you know we track your mental health we ask you questions about your sleep and how you're feeling so it's not just about 
the before and after and the physical. I think that's quite unique about it. And also they just love the workouts. Like I meet people on these book tours. They're from 17, 18 years old up to 70 year old people doing my videos. And so I think wow. it's just really, I think it comes down to my content and you know, the videos that I do and stuff, but we've now gone through a complete transformation. So I went to America for a few months. My brother, Nikki's the CEO. And in the process of me being away in the last three months, we've hired 20 new members of the team. So wow. we've hired, you know, we've basically taken the agency in house. So we had to step away from us too, because it was just too expensive. It was never going to last long-term. We've got a head of finance, head of people, a CTO, you know, head of product engineers, like really senior people that I have nothing to do with because all wow. I'm good at is being me. Right? All I can do is, all I can do is film my videos, do my content, share my, you know, I, I do a lot of obviously social media marketing and stuff. And that's what I'm good at. Yep. Nikki does all the process stuff. He's a CEO. Like, he's amazing. And he's now got a team in place that are going to really push it forward and take it to the next level because, you know, it's amazing. Like, I've got people all over the world subscribing. There's a monthly subscription, a quarterly and an annual. We do two offers in the year. We do like a new, we do an offer in the, an offer in the, um, a Black Friday offer and one just before summer. So we get two kind of massive spikes of new annual subscribers and just a really healthy business. You can predict the ups and downs because it is very seasonal. There's obviously yeah. dips like with fitness and stuff. Like, you know, that Jan's a pumping month, March tails off a little bit, April tails, then June, July, August, it picks up. So it's just like, we're learning from the data. We're improving the app every single week and releasing new features. Now, Honestly, I have invested every single penny. I'm not lying. Every single penny we've turned over this year, I've invested back into the product. I've not taken wow. a single dividend because I want it to. I want the user to enjoy it more. I need the content to improve. I need to have Android. I need to have casting. You know, Apple TV. Like, I'm, I just see it as such an opportunity to build a really incredible digital business that I'm not in it for the short term. Like, I'm trying to build a legacy nice. brand that will live on beyond me. And when you know, you know. And it sounds like you know, and you've gone all in on it. And, you know, with that sort of commitment, again, there's no chance you will fail. It's going to work out. And would you have, I know you said the different types of subscriptions, and um, would you have tiered? Would there be different types? Like if I wanted to, let's say, join up for six months, but one of my friends here or colleagues wants to join up as well, but maybe not for the same package. Is there different kind of tiers and packages? So at the moment, it's just like three, there's three price brackets. It's, um, it's $14.99 a month. Um, or it's like 89.99 for the whole year. So the annual obviously is much better. And then when we do a discount, we do like a 30 pound off. So you can get it for 59.99 for the whole year, um, which is like a five a month. It's a really, oh, yeah. really good, really good offering. Um, but I suppose, yeah, it's just what at the moment you've just got this different options. So there's beginner, intermediate, and advanced, and then there's like veggie, pescatarian, mixed, and vegan. So there's different, different plans in a, in a sense. But the ultimate goal is to have multiple trainers on there you know, filtering, allergies, um, gluten-free, dairy-free, you know, different workout types, different trainers. And, you know, like the Peloton, you know, that model is amazing, right? They don't do the food, but they've got the trainers, they've got the different yeah. content. Um, and I see myself as, you know, a potential, you know, global company. I don't think yeah. we're going to have like millions and millions of subscribers, but, you know, I still think, you know, I'm, I'm proud of what it's doing now, even, and it's not really about, I don't get that excited by act, like overall downloads. It's more like active users, what gasses me up. So if I know that I've got, 200,000 or 300,000 active users, that is a win because I know they're using it and actually enjoying it and they're getting healthier. So I don't really chase the scale. It's more like depth of, of engagement and also active, active subscribers, what I really care about. Awesome. And like, if that is your goal, if that is what gets you going, like that 
active user count well you can't do that without technology right and that's why you yeah. brought those boys and girls in-house from the when you're out working with the company that you were hiring from it's like it makes sense to bring them in if that's the future let's go hard yeah they're amazing us two have been incredible they've helped us with the hiring and the transition and the handover but yeah we're now having it all in-house we've, we've done an amazing um recruitment we've got a really diverse range of people as well like a lot of women as well it's hard to get women in tech and we've got some amazing really smart girls as well in the in the company which i i, I believe i really want to i want to see that so and um, we're, we're actively um you know recruiting for diversity as well which brilliant. i'm so passionate about yeah so it's a slower process but it's really worth it in the long run brilliant 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 joe and you know that tech stuff it wouldn't be my bag either but it's the fact that you're aware of that that you're bringing in people that are experts that can help you and to bring what you can bring to the world that nobody else can, but they're allowing you bring that to light. And we're aware of Joe Wicks at the level that we are as a result of those people who are brilliant at what they do. And that's what it's all about, right? And that's why we all need teams around us. Um, super. So one thing that I am interested in and I am more competent in is reading and writing. And you have a few books as well, Joe. You're a multi-talented man. Tell us about your books. Yeah, so I'm obviously... It's a mad story when you think about it, because if you follow me from the start, you know, I was just a trainer in a park and I had my iPhone. And for some reason, every single day I would get up and I'd film my breakfast. I'd hang out the window. I'd throw the rice across the room into the mic. I'd shout, that's leaning 15. And I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. Right? I really didn't. I didn't have this vision. <laughs> I was going to get a book deal and do like, you know. BBC Good Food Show and be on Sunday Brunch, Saturday Kitchen. I just didn't, it was never on my radar. But once I realized I was building community and I'd seen, you know, I had 50,000 followers when a publisher reached out and said, we'd love to do a cookbook. And so I was like, well, I'll come and have a chat, but it's not really for me. Like, I'm not a chef. I'm, I, I don't know how to cook that great. And also I've never written a book. But, you know, thank God I went in and did the meeting because I then got a literary agent who took me around all the different publishing houses in, in the UK. So there's like 10, I went to about 10 different people in one day and they were essentially pitching to me to buy the deal to buy the book you know buy the concept for leaning 15 and it went to a blind auction um and i got an, a life-changing amount of money for me at the time it really was life-changing and you know i've now so i've done i've done 11 books and i've sold 4 million books right which is really mind-blowing but considering i was just like on my phone in a kitchen yeah um, and that was without you know traditional tv really and so i think it's just an example of like when you have a connection with an audience and they really believe in what you're saying. They believe in the transformation. They believe in the story and the, the message that you share. And they see that you really do live that life. They will pre-order your book. They will support you. They will be at your book signings. They'll be there saying, thank you, Joe, for changing my life. And that is something that, again, I never planned on. But wow. once I had the ability to connect, it's like, why not release a book? Why not give it a go? And why not do a DVD? Why not try and release Pots and Pans? Give it a go. You know, why not? <laughs> why you know, not? Just, right. just have a, yeah, you, you know, not everything works. Not everything's success. But... You've got to have a you've got to have a try at least you know have a, have a try and see how things go and the publishing thing has obviously been my my biggest success I think because it's been on such a huge scale it's been it's been insane and so great and they came to you you know it's like they saw the potential you backed yourself and now all of a sudden we have all these amazing books in the world my favorite are the burpee bears Joe I'm not gonna lie the burpee bears they're my fave yeah so this again this is another it's so my life seems so random and it looks like it's all perfectly planned out like have a kid and do a weaning book, you know, do a children's book. But I, I didn't know I was going to do a weaning book. But when I thought I need to learn how to feed my baby, right? And so I partnered with this amazing nutritionist. Um, and then I was like, right, well, I'm sharing all this content. I built an Instagram following with nearly a half a million people in the space of about a year. 
again, the publisher said, why don't you do a weaning book? Call it Weaning 15. So that really, <laughs> uh, and it is one of the, it's the second most successful, you know, weaning book of all time because I shared so much free content. I built that audience. And then right when you've got that book, they're like, they want to see it. They want to read it and support it. So, um, and then the same thing with the children's publishing. I, one of the things I love more than anything is reading books to my children at night. And I, I do it. It's not a non-negotiable. I put everything down. Nice. I, I read the Gruffalo and Stickman and all the, all the classics. And, love that. and they were like, why don't you do a children's book? Why don't you do a kid's book? So I had an idea for a family of bears called the Burpee Bears. <laughs> and yeah, they were like an amazing family. They, they're active. You know, it's, it's really the same message I share with you on Instagram as an adult. It's like the same story, but for a child to understand how food, how fitness, how movement affects our mood as a family. Um, nice. And again, it's a part of the mission. You know, the ready meals at the supermarket was not a part of the mission. And I walked away from that. But doing a children's book about fitness, nutrition and food is is totally in line with the mission. So it's like it's a totally natural fit. And because mm. of that, it's successful. Nice. And it absolutely is. And the um, and you're just actually after coming off another book tour, right? Yeah, I've been all over the I've been all over the place. Yeah, I was up in um, I was up in Edinburgh. I finished. I started in London and ed- ended in Edinburgh. But I didn't get to Ireland this time around. But um. Yeah, it's pretty chaotic. Like I was in a car, straight to a book signing, jump in the car, another meet and greet and a QA and a in the evening. So I'm, I'm, I'm burnt out. Now, you're, what you're seeing me now is at my tiredest. I'm pretty run down now. Oh, man. Well, for me and from this society, we just, I'm so grateful that you logged on to us, Joe. As tired and all as you are, you're entertaining us and you're providing valid and useful information. So I appreciate it, mate. Thanks for that. And what was, right. So look, I w- the story you've told us so far, right? Inspirational, unique, and, you know, something that we could all aspire to, perhaps, if we're interested in starting something of our own and leaving our mark on the planet once we leave. What were your major lessons? Like, if you were to look back and you're saying, you know what, Daniel, if you're going to start this journey 10 years after I did, this, yeah. these were a few lessons I learned along the way. If I had my time over, I mightn't have done this or I might have done this a bit differently. When you look back over the last decade, Joe, maybe some hard lessons or maybe some lessons in general to a group of entrepreneurs. Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, thank you. I have lots of them. I think, I think the most important thing I've learned, the lesson I've learned is that you have to truly stay focused on your mission and don't let it, don't let it become about scale and numbers and people and just like, focus on i just i have this really easy mindset of just like one person a day i think if i can motivate one person to exercise or get one person in the kitchen cooking that is to me success right and because i think with that mindset that narrow vision i don't get distracted by a hundred grand brand deal with lucas aid sport right or yeah. you know an energy bar or you know this supermarket deal which was amazing like money was amazing and i thought wow for a second i thought maybe I should do the supermarket deal until I saw it was frozen ready meals and microwave dinners. And so I literally slammed the door and said, look, not for me. So I think I've got that vision. And I think it's easy when you start growing a following or you start getting a business to get drawn into all these other things. You think, well, I'll take it. You know, there's an option there. There's, there's money there. And you sort of get, you get pretty blinded. But, and I think the people I've followed on social media have done that. They fade away pretty quickly because you see that the one minute they're promoting a sports drink next minute it's a travel company or a makeup product and you sort of think actually like you've got confused and you're lost you're, you're doing yeah. different things you've lost you've lost focus and so the biggest thing i would say yeah is, is truly truly stay focused on you know and if it is a business or a product that's fine or a service but again try and think of it as like is it really helping people's life become easier and i think because of that 
I think everything comes off the back of that and everything sort of comes magnetizes towards that. Um, another important thing is I think hiring people, you know, don't be frightened to hire people and to bring people on that are smarter than you and that are going to help you because I think in the startup life, it's like, I'll do it all myself and I won't spend any money and I'll, you know, I'll just burn out and I'll try and do everything. But that again is also detrimental. I think me like having Nikki, he's like my other, he's like my, he's my best man. He's my, he's my best mate. He's my brother. He's the smartest guy I know. And he's learned, oh. and de- he's learned and developed on the job. Like he was just a, he was a journalist. He was just an editor of a magazine. Like, but he's got this amazing storytelling ability and he truly understands me and he's on, he is on my page and we have the same vision. Lord so yeah. having him and then hiring smart people, like being, not being afraid to commit to that salary and go right bang, I'm going to get him in because that's going to make my life easier, free up my time. So I think, I think hiring is really important and hire for culture too. Don't hire because they're the, they're the smartest or they've got the best credentials i think sometimes you can hire someone and they don't fit in and you're and, and six weeks later or you're like i wish they weren't here next to me like yeah. we've really through this whole recruitment process we have literally had that in mind that we want to work with people that are fun that are just like really motivated and that are like on that mission as well that are like tar- truly focused on that um and i think we've got that i think we're building that now that culture so they were my two two best bits of advice nice and solid solid advice and like the fruits of that is what you're living right now you know you've you've stuck to your guns you've stuck to, you knew your why and you never let it go fuzzy and you brought a team to support you and to grow you and to grow the business and now you're living the, the end result what is the favorite thing about the end result what is your when you wake up in the morning and this is your career and this is your life and you didn't take that job and you stuck to the guns and you kept yeah. your white clear. What's the best thing about life right now for you as an entrepreneur? For me, like without doubt, you know, it's the, it's the impacts I have. It's the real impact. It's the human connection basically. So it's the human, the human connection with other people. And I, I've just felt that a lot on this tour. So the virtual stuff's great. I do love filming workers for the app. I love that I can do a YouTube live and there's hundreds of thousands, but there's no, there's no smiley face. There's no energy there no love and gratitude no connection so when i do the uk tours whether it's a pee with joe tour you know or a burpee bears tour or even this recent um feel good food tour the book tour like i get to meet people and they travel two hours three hours some people flew from mallorca to see me basically to spend 30 seconds or a minute with me just saying thank you for getting me through depression through getting me through an eating disorder through changing my body image through getting me off of a low calorie diet that i've been on for 20 years and then that that is so unbelievable. It's hard to explain what that feels like, but you know, if everything went tomorrow, as long as I've had an impact on people and I can still, I can still do that on a, on a regular basis. I think that that's where I get, I think I'm anchored in that. I think that's where my foundational happiness comes from. You know, I love living in this house, but I love living in my flat and servant. I was, I was, I've always been content at where I am in life. Yeah. Now I'm not someone who's like, well, I need a new car. I need a bigger, a bigger house. I need more money in the bank. Like it's, it's just not something that I've really focused on. And I think because of that, I've managed to stay focused and, you know, be content because I think entrepreneur life is like you're constantly chasing targets and growth. And like, especially if you if you start raising money as well, and you've got VCs on your back, like you're going to, you're going to feel a pressure to constantly grow and you may be never going to stop to appreciate what you've got and to be like present. And so I think that is the biggest take home I've had that I am so connected with my audience still. I spend nine hours, a bit less, sometimes eight or seven hours a day replying to people on Instagram. I don't need to do that. No. But I do because it tops me up, you know, it tops me up and nice. I, I send voice notes to people and people would never believe it's me. If I, <laughs> I, if, I, didn't. if I stepped away from that 
and I just focus on the money in the bank and the subscribers and the retention and numbers, I wouldn't be motivated. I'd soon fall out of love with it. I really, really would. That's just my personality type. So mm. that's why the tours, I see it as it's work, but it's also my chance to like really top my energy up and get me refocused because now I can have a month off. I can come back and I can go bang, May, June, July, August, straight back at it and, um, and just keep reaching more people. Like today, I didn't show it on social media because I didn't want to promote it, but I visited a, a care home in Sutton and I did a workout of a hundred year old lady. It's her birthday today. And I mean, how many people can say they've got toddlers doing YouTube workouts with Hey Dougie and a 100 year old woman doing their senior citizens chair workouts in a care home? She's got dementia and she sat there in her chair. She, she, she had her head down. She was ex exhausted. She, she wasn't responding. And I was, I was just sort of waiting for her to warm up. And I, I put on some music. I put on her favorite song, which was um, New York, New York by Frank Sinatra. And I started moving my knees up and down on the spot like this. And I started clapping. And as I started putting my hands up, I looked around and she was literally, oh, and she that. woke and she woke up, you know, and that's, that is the thing I love. When you see someone with dementia and Alzheimer's through mm. music and a bit of movement, like their brain, something connects and that, I love that. And I drove home actually, and I, was, I left a voice on my brother's phone and said, we've got to do more. Like we've nice. got to do more. Like the app we love, the business great, but we can do so much more in the free content space. Yeah. Schools with, you know, care homes with, with the NHS, with, Basically, what I've realized is and all of the staff there that were caring for these people were really, really unhealthy and overweight. And you can see they're struggling, like their mental health is suffering because they're caring for others. So all I see around me is opportunities to help more people. And and that's what I was driving away thinking, like, this is amazing. Like, I'm going to keep keep doing this. And I've got so much more energy to, the, to give the world. Well done, Joe. Well done. And like you obviously get that radiation and that energy from the work that you're doing, which provides more energy. And like you found your sweet spot, man. You found your niche. And I'm so glad that you did because the world's a better place. And if your goal is to make the world healthier, happier and fitter, like you you're doing it, you've done it, like smashed it and just keep on that trajectory because that's what that, that's what the world needs right now. Like that's what the world needs right now. And if that's your goal and that's your focus, and you wake up in the morning thinking about that. I wish there was more like you because the world is a better place as a result. So Joe, I'm going to be opening the floor shortly uh, yeah. or opening questions to the floor shortly. So that's your preemptive warning. I was a teacher, old habits die hard. I have no problem embarrassing people, looking people in the eyes like, all right, Daniel, it's your question. Okay, that wasn't you, Daniel. I was just giving you a warning. Daniel, I'm just going to plug my, char I'm gonna plug my, um, my charger in. Give us a sec. Yeah, no stress, no stress. Take your time. Um, okay, um, right, hang no, on. Right, I'm ready for your questions, mate. Ah, well, because to be fair to my audience, my lovely audience who've been with me all year, and I told you already, Joe, this is the end. This is the end, my friend. This is the end. Before I open up the floor, I wanted to ask you. So you've inspired literally millions of people, and my question, I'm just curious, who inspires Joe Wicks? Is there an inspirational figure? Is there somebody that has touched your life in the way that you've touched so many? If you were to pick, or if there's a number of people, who inspires Joe Wicks? I, got, I get that question a lot when I do like the book signings and things. And I, the only people I can truly pin, pin that to, in, in all honesty, is my first PE teacher at school. I mean, I loved them. The reason I loved them is because every other class I got kicked out of. I was very disruptive. You know, I was a troubled little kid and I was the naughty kid. I was a naughty class clown and I couldn't. I couldn't focus on maths and English and science. So I would be in there 20 minutes. I'd annoy everyone, fall back on my chair. I'd, I'd get a disrupt everybody. You're out, you're in isolation. And so I never had a connection with any of my teachers, but with my PE teacher, 
and they loved me because I would round up all the other kids. I'd get everyone, you know, I'd say, come on, get dressed, get in your kit. We're going to be out on the football pitch in 10 minutes. And I, I engaged everyone. So I was already like, I was already the body coach back then, if I think about nice. it. And I loved them. They, they were young. They were fun. Like they, they could deal with my energy and they, they encouraged me. And I, you know, I was, I was, I loved sports. So I was doing like cross country. I'd represent the school and stuff. And I, I feel like they were my first role model. And then from that, I said, I'm going to be a PE teacher. I just thought I'm going to be a PE teacher. I, I really love the idea of helping kids get active. Um, and so, so if you think it's not even ironic, it's just like, I was always destined to do PE yeah. and get kids moving, obviously. And I'm not a qualified PE teacher as such, but I, I tried to offer PE with Joe as a, as a way of getting them moving. And that was it. I was just literally living my childhood ambition to become a PE teacher. Um, and that was, that was my, my kind of main goal. Um, and that was all I could, that was all I could dream of. That was as biggest I could dream. Um, but in terms of a business sense and like a purpose driven like individual, I would always, I always say Jamie Oliver because, you know, I used to come home from school and watch the naked chef. And I just thought this guy's amazing. Like he's making me watch food programs. Like he's making something that I would never watch. I would never watch Delia and, you know, um, like any other famous chef, but when it was with Jamie, I was like, he cut through and he got, he got my attention. Yeah. Um, and then obviously with school dinners, like he got my school food better. Like he helped me eat better food at school. Like that was amazing. And I, I've always thought of everything Jamie's achieved with his restaurants and businesses. It's the school's dinners. It's the Jamie's school dinners we think of. Um, so he's, he's a very purpose-driven person. And I've obviously, I've interviewed him and we've become friends. And he said like, he goes, Joe, that school work I did was for TV show 20 odd years ago. I've been working on it every single year to increase the food, to improve the food. So it's not like he did it and stopped. He does it behind the scenes when no one's looking. And that's when you know someone is truly purpose-driven. Yes. Um, so yeah, I'd say them two are two people I kind of really admire in, in a sense. Amazing. And look, I can't speak for Jamie Oliver, but from a second gener generational PE teacher perspective, my dad was a PE teacher. I'm a PE teacher for all the PE teachers in the world. I'd just like to say thank you for that. I don't think we've ever got credit to the likes of that. So we appreciate it. I'll pass on the message to Mr. Toomey Sr. Now, I did warn you, class, there are going to be Q&A opportunities here now for Joe. So I'm going to be, you might not see me, Joe. I'm going to go for a walk, but you'll hear me and you'll hear whoever chooses right. to ask you a question. Is that okay, Joe? Are you going to spin the camera so I can see him? I don't know what to do that. Harry, Fionn. Yeah, they'll do it. My boys are on it. We got yeah, this. Spin it around. Yeah, no, honestly, this is a, like, that's a very fair request. I'm just very limited in the stuff that I'm limited in. Um, okay. Hands up. Who's got a question? Yes. Thanks very much, Joe, for the great talk. You spoke about bringing your business to the next level. Um, I'm just wondering, what's your biggest challenge with that? And also, who's your biggest competitor in that space? Thank you. Um, so I think the biggest challenge is obviously we've taken it so far, you know, with organic reach, very little digital marketing. We do a little bit, but not, not on the kind of, um, not on the scale you'd think, to be honest, but we're now at a point now where if we want to take it to the next level, I think it's probably going to be a conversation around investment around, you know, really um, not so much in people, but in, in the marketing, I think in, in new territory. So I'm going to be making a, a trip to the U S in April. I'm going over to New York for a week. I'm doing a press event. I'm doing a, a PE with Joe tour and um, some visiting some schools in Harlem that do my PE with Joe. So I think new markets, new territories. Um, and again, I don't see myself as like, like trying to be um, a Peloton, like a, a $10 billion company. But I, I think there's definitely potential to have like, you know, 20% of your um, subscribers in the US or 10% from Australia. And that, that'd be amazing for the business. But at the moment, mainly our, our subscribers is a UK based thing. Um, 
so yeah that's an exciting thing i think one day we'll have a conversation around investment and, and really sort of putting digital marketing but also traditional media and pr and really doing a whole campaign around it um and what was the other question sorry um media competitors who are oh, you competitors, about, yeah. Joe? competitors yeah so competitors um well i mean in the uk obviously you've got like fit tv you've got um beats body.com there's peloton you've got a lot of online offerings now but again i don't see it as a as a competition thing i see it as more just it's like it's a new even apple plus apple fitness is a, a new thing it's all opportunity it's just raising the category it's raising the uh, awareness of online home digital fitness and nothing boosted that more than PE, which obviously the views and the lockdown kind of that really shone a light on you actually can train at home you can train in your living room with very little equipment on your tv um you know or, or on your ipad or laptop and it's an amazing way of doing it because it becomes accessible. So I think, yeah, I think the biggest competitors probably, I mean, I don't even, it's not even gyms because gyms, the people that go to the gyms are like, they're their, they're, they're their own kind of um, community that will always go to gyms. You know, people need that one-to-one -one and they need the kind of group fitness. So I think the market is huge. The home fitness market is the biggest market in the world because most of the world don't go to the gyms. A very small percentage do. So I think it's just a massive opportunity to have an amazing digital product in the fitness space for home home users. Thanks for your question. And thank you for the answer, Joe. Uh, we have another question here. So, hi, Joe. Uh, my question is like, uh, uh, since I started to study business or practice business, everybody told me like, always have in mind an exit, exit strategy, right? Because maybe one day you will, you will you'll never know, right? But since you're like business built around you, because it's a personal brand, basically, yeah. um, what happens if one day you will decide to stop or you want to sell the business? Yeah, very good question. And it's something that, you know, we do think about. I'm not going to lie and say that I don't think about because I don't think I'm going to have the body and the energy to kind of jump around doing YouTube workouts in 10, 15 years time. I like to think I can still be an inspiration, but maybe I'm not going to be the face of the content and the actual workouts. But we're actually working towards that, you know, working towards building a team. So I did a thing called the search where I searched the social media, all my audience, you know, tens of millions uh, for a new trainer to come on the body coach team. We had 5,000 entries and out of those, we selected three trainers. So we selected amazing, an amazing yoga teacher who does like breath work and meditation and yoga. Um, a, a guy called Leroy who does like more like bar kind of Pilates stuff. And he's amazing and also like aerobic stuff. And then a girl called Courtney, who, again, is a bit of a high-intensity hit trainer, and she also does strength training. So already we're working towards that model of, like, if I wasn't on the app tomorrow, you'd still trust the brand. You'd still trust the workout. So it's, it's going to take a long time because people, they do do their workouts, but it's obviously taking time for them to get to know them, to get to used to their workouts. So I can't see myself truly, like, disappearing from the business as such, but I imagine there'll be a time where like, I'm doing, say, 25% of the videos, and then the team around producing the rest. And I think that'll be enough to sustain it. But in terms of an exit, I don't know. I mean, of course, like one day you could do IPO, you could have a company, uh, you know, come in and buy you. A good example is um, a girl called Kayla, an Australian girl called Kayla Itzinez. She had a plan exactly the same as me. Five years before me, she started. Massive YouTube and Instagram following. Um, released a PDF, smashed it, made millions. Apple approached her and said, let's build an app. They built an app called Sweat by Kayla. Um, and I think five years after they launched it, they just recently sold it to a company called iFit, which is like a technology company. And also they've got hardware, like exercise equipment for like apparently $300 million. So it just shows that you can detach a personal brand. Um, you can detach from it with the right team and the right 
strategy. So yeah, I think that will happen. I, that that's the goal that the body coach brand will live on beyond me because I think it'd be sad for me to have this amazing career, me to go like I'm done, and then the body coach just fizzle out. Like I want a legacy brand that's going to be on living on years and years beyond me. And well, that's what we hope for as well, Joe. That's what we hope for as well. And uh, we've got a question over here. Hi, Joe. How are you? I was just thinking. Hello, mate. Uh, obviously, to get your to your level of success, I imagine you've encountered a lot of obstacles. But looking back, is there one tough cookie or one obstacle that you sort of go, "Yeah, that was a big one," and if so, what was it? Why was it, and how did you overcome it? Um, I think there was one point. I think the hardest thing I faced ever, because I'm such an emotional, like I'm such an emotional person, like hiring and fire hiring is great right but firing and letting people go is really tough and we had a but a difficult time where we were going it, we were on a little bit of a dip but this is before the app so the pdf business was slowing down we evolved the product we improved it by putting video content and like a kind of chat service and a an faq so the need for human beings kind of decreased right so we had to have some redundancies and it was just the hardest thing ever to like let people go um but i don't regret it because in a way like i believed in the growth and i believed we were going to be big and massive even we did we just improved the products and in that in that instance you know letting people go that i'd worked with for sort of three four years was really really tough um and and that was like something you got to do very carefully you know with, with sensitivity and and really think about um people's feelings and emotions it's not just like the pno thing like you you're gone you're sacked like I, I was i was having emotional meetings where i was bursting into tears in front of all my team because i just couldn't deal with it and i didn't want to let them go and to be honest i hung on to them for a lot longer than i should have i hung on to them for probably two years more longer than I, I really needed to as a business, but, um, that was just me. You know, I'm very, I'm very kind of sensitive to that, but, um, yeah, that was a tough time, but again, you've got to just go for it. If you believe you're going to grow, you need the people, right? So just grow. Uh, and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't, but it's all part of my journey. I don't regret anything that I've, um, I've done in the past, to be honest. Yeah, the only learnings, right, Joe? It's like, if it was difficult and maybe we prolonged, well, we'll have that information going into the next decision. But I, I, I feel, yeah, that must have been very, very difficult for a guy like you to do. We have another question. Hi, Joe, how's it going? Um, thanks for the talk. I have one question, and it's, if you were starting out tomorrow with the level social media is at now, so how popular it is and the reach you were saying, what would you do? Like, would you go all platforms, like focus on one? What, what would be your advice? Thanks. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I'm, I'm always getting people going, oh, you should be on TikTok and you should do this. What is it? What's that? What was that radio one? The conversation like head house party. And I said, I can't be bothered. I was like, I just can't be asked. I'll do enough. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. I do YouTube. I do Twitter. And I rely on all of them. And they're amazing. I don't think you can rely on one. You've got to be on all of them. But I ain't got time just to jump on TikTok because it's trending and it's popular. I don't, I don't have the energy for it. So I think there's a pressure to sort of be on everything all the time. But do the platforms that you feel good on, like that you feel like for me, doing TikToks and memes and dancing around and doing pointy videos like that, that ain't for me. Like I don't want to do that. So I think I stay away from that. Although it's a massive opportunity, I don't, I just really can't be bothered to be on there. Um, but again, you've just got to keep banging the drum. And some people get a bit of traction right away. Like they're like, wow, your videos are amazing. It's gone viral. People are sharing it. And other people, it takes a long time. And I, I see people struggling. I can see they get caught in, they get dragged into like the reels and the, you know, the trending memes and dance videos, but it's likes for likes. It's not people. It's not actually going to convert into like a paying customer or a loyal, a loyal brand following. So I think I would just be true to myself, share content again, that's valuable, that just keep, you got to just keep chipping away. But honestly, 
I would not have had the success. If I had my staying career exactly the same starting today, I'd have like a quarter of the success because there's so many people doing what I'm doing now. Like I was probably one of the first ones out the gate really with, you know, an influencer, if you like getting a book deal or an influencer getting on TV shows and having documentaries. Like it's now, it's much easier. You can get a book deal now with 5,000 followers on Instagram because they're always looking for the next Joe Wicks or the next, um, you know, the next Bosch or Pinch of Nom or, or Deliciously Ella. Like, um, but again, you've just got to, don't do it for the likes and the views and the, and the scale of reach. Do it because you genuinely want to help people and you want to reach people with, with a good product or something. And um, yeah, you just got to keep going, mate. And it's it is harder. Like I like it, every year for my pre, I'm known as the I'm known as the king of pre-orders, right? Because I can put my book on Instagram, my book on a newsletter and Facebook, and just drive so much traffic and bang click-throughs. People buy it, and I'm like the, I'm like known for getting mad mad pre-orders. But year on year getting harder because engagement is dropping like reach is sorry engagement's not really dropped but actual reach is is really hard now unless you're willing to spend five ten fifteen thousand pound or whatever boosting all that content to show it to your fans they just don't see it and i get people turn up going oh i didn't know how to book out and i in my head i've hammered it on social media like hammered it hammered it hammered it and people go i didn't know how to book out so they don't see everything they don't see what you're sharing and that's the challenge i think Brilliant, Joe. Brilliant. And like what you were saying there, I think that's what's transcended and the thread through the whole talk is that you just got to know what your focus is, know what you're trying to achieve. Don't let it go blurry. And you're still trying to do and you are doing what you set out to do 10 years ago. And I think no matter what platform or what service or what product anyone is trying to deliver and introduce into the world, I think you have a better chance with that authenticity and the consistency and I'm just glad you did it, Joe. I'm glad you did it. And you're an inspiration to us all. And I don't know if it's a teacher in me, but I am, um, you know, I'm conscious of the time keeping it whenever I have a guest coming in to talk to us, because I don't want to keep anybody longer than we have to. But we're coming up to the end now, Joe. Again, from me, from Daniel Toomey and from the Entrepreneurial Society here in Trinity College, I would like to thank you. And I'd ask for everybody in the room to give a round of applause. Thank you, everybody. I've loved it. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And um, if you ever have any more questions, reach me on Instagram. You can hit me up on the DMs. I, I normally get back to people. It might take a few days, but yeah, keep messaging. And um, That's my next question. So you said it there, but I think there, you were over. Uh, the, the, the applause came over your voice there, unfortunately. So if anyone wanted to reach out to you and have any follow-up questions, how is best to do it? Yeah, I'm, I'm best. I'm easiest to get hold of me on um, Instagram DMs because i open a lot of them and i am um, yeah just hit me up on there and i can get back to you so best thing to do is just, if you've got a question that you didn't get to ask send me a voice note and i can just hear it and voice note you back um but yeah it might not be straight away it might take a couple of days for you to get in my inbox sort of thing to get a lot of requests well look fantastic and you know for one last occasion just for us as a society and as a college to show our gratitude a round of applause for joe wicks and thank you joe for me Thank you, mate. And, and reputations, reputations carry and reputations can proceed. And I was told you were a gentleman. I haven't been disappointed. And for me, just representing myself, honoured, humbled, and I will forever be appreciative of your time. Thank you, Daniel. Have a great evening, man. Take care, everyone. Good luck with your ventures. And most important thing, believe in yourself and don't listen to anyone saying you're not going to achieve it. That's the most important thing in life because with that, you're going to go on to do good things. Good luck, everybody. Happy days, mate. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. Thank you, Joe.
Thank you.